0: To cover the show Navillera back in August, and I'm only getting to it now, so I appreciate your patience with this. But today's show is Navillera I am looking at this show because it's one of these. Additionally, um, how, how should we how should we categorize this this kind of theme? Is it like a geriatrics kind of theme? That sounds too clinical. Is it like seniors i mean it's basically it's in that category of k drama genre that i would say belongs to uh senior focused themes why can't i speak today it's basically a show that the where the protagonists are elderly people and you do have a younger protagonist but the main the main character is an elderly person uh, played by Park In-hwan. Park In-hwan is a very, very famous Korean celebrity. Um, of course, people who are younger and people who are not as familiar with Korean content for decades, he might not feel as significant to you, but he is a veteran television and film actor. And he's actually more known for television. Like I've seen him all my life, all my life. I noticed that a lot of these shows tend to be focused on seniors with Alzheimer's and how that affects that individual, but of course, also the family. And I just wonder, aren't there more than just Alzheimer's patients when it comes to the elderly? Like, aren't there other themes involved? Like poverty, for instance. Poverty is a huge problem among senior citizens in South Korea. Another big issue is... Loneliness, isolation, neglect, abandonment, all of those things are major issues. In the case of Navilera, you have uh Pakinwan playing this um retired postal worker named Shim Tokchal, and it's his 70th birthday. All the kids are there, his grown children, three of them, and they're celebrating his birthday, but they're all they're also very self-absorbed, right? Um, they all have their own problems going on, mostly motivated by their own greed, right? Except for maybe one person. That's um, Shin Dok Chul's youngest son, who used to be a surgeon, but now he's kind of pursuing filmmaking and just sort of figuring out his life. So uh, what I loved about this show is that you have this senior citizen who is a retiree and he he had a very humble career as a postal worker most of his life Uh, but he also had this lifelong dream to pursue ballet i mean it's very very specific and strange honestly you know i mean how often do you hear grandpa say you know i wanted to be a ballerina when i was younger and now i'm gonna do it at age 70. i mean it's really bold and I love this show because of that boldness. It's like absurd, right? I mean, when the kids find out about this, they all kind of lose their shit. They they go crazy. They're like, they can't believe, right? Especially uh Deok Chul's eldest son, right? Sung San. He's just like, it's weird. It's It's shameful. It's embarrassing to us. It's embarrassing to your grandchildren, stop, right? And, uh, you know, at at one point, Tokchar does give it up, right? Because his wife pleads with him. His wife is like, you know, we, we couldn't offer our children anything. We just raised them in poverty all our lives. And now that they're older, the least we can do is just listen to their pleas. And, you know, guilt trips him into abandoning his dream, right? But he comes back to it he comes back to it and um i i really loved this show for that reason there's this kind of a cloaked exploration of queerness here queerness it can not only refer to non-heteronormative coupling or intimacy or you know non-gender binary kinds of identities but it can also point to uh things that fall outside the quote-unquote social norm okay anything that is going against the grain of that society can be qualified as queerness as i'm sure i've talked about on this podcast before so even though Shim Chul is a hetero man hetero cis man and he is his sexuality is not in question here the career path that he chooses, an artistic expression through dance, through performance art, that is not typical of, a, of an elderly man in Korean society, right? So he's taking on a queer choice in this story world. And I honestly, I really love this exploration. I love how uh, dedicated and serious these artists are, right? Like, for instance, you have the kid, right? The Lee play, played by Song Kang. You have him who's very, very dedicated to his career as a ballerino, but his poverty gets in the way of that, right? Like, he needs to support himself financially. He doesn't have the support of his family members. All of those things get in the way. And... Um, it was a very insightful sort of exploration on how the arts are quite oftentimes reserved for the financially privileged, right? Or for individuals who have a support system. But despite those odds, I loved how Cherok was pursuing this, this career. It also had some very real examinations of drug addiction or drug abuse as uh performers or athletes, right? Because that's also real. Um, Being a dedicated performer, it does take a toll on your body. That is also in there, um, which I thought, you know, it, it it was innovative in my opinion, because a lot of the times Korean dramas will steer very far away and very clear of anything related to drugs. But in this case, Um, being addicted to painkillers is that's a real addiction. I mean, that is a real serious drug addiction. And it's definitely something that plagues uh, many developed nations, including South Korea. Just look at the K-pop industry. A lot of those kids are on a lot of these kinds of painkillers, pain pain medications. I loved Namunhee and her character in this show too. Now when he, you see her as the grandma in so many movies and TV shows and I think she's a remarkable actress. She has such rawness. Uh she just feels so real whenever I see her on screen. There's never an ounce of, you know, affected kinds of performance whenever I watch her on screen. She just feels like like a real mother or a real grandmother or just like a real person like i, I just love i love nam when performances so much and she plays this supportive wife initially she's very discouraging of uh deokcheol's pursuit in ballet but she eventually comes around and tells him if you i mean if this if this is what you love and you got to do then you got to do it right and i really loved her character and of course you have this whole heartbreak right where deokcheol is losing his memory right so he has dementia he has full-on alzheimer's and the the time is ticking it's this ticking time bomb in his brain and he keeps it a secret from his family members and i think it's to preserve this dream goal in his mind as best he can and it's somehow related to bringing back or restoring memory for him right whenever he sees ballet or he performs ballet he's able to come back to his his self so it's this really interesting exploration of psychology of social uh quote-unquote norms or the status quo It's an exploration of issues that plague the elderly community it's an existential kind of examination as well on life right and how opportunities and choices and careers have i don't know in a way they have um become a little bit more diversified in modern korean society but in other ways they remain the same, right? Because when Tokcha was a young boy, his father basically clocked him upside the head and said, if you, if I ever catch you trying to pursue ballet, I'll beat the shit out of you. But then when Tokcha is older and they're in a whole new kind of time in life, period in life, Tokcha's children are too conservative to accept the fact that it's their, their father wants to pursue this as a career or even as a hobby. They can't accept that. There's an exploration of child abuse here. Today in modern Korean society, corporal punishment is absolutely illegal in schools. And that is where uh, Chaerook's father comes in, right? Uh, it's played by Cho Seong ha but Lee mu young is the coach. He used to be a soccer coach at Chaerook's school, but he was practicing corporal punishment when he was being a soccer, when he he was working as a soccer coach, and that caused severe trauma on some of the students. And you have a student, Yang Ho-bum, right, played by Kim Kwan. He's one of the victims of Chaerook's father's abusive methods in coaching soccer. And you can see that this was a trauma for this young man. He has a lot of... um, animosity towards the coach. He feels like the coach's abusive ways were, are the reasons why he is no longer able to pursue soccer today. But you also see that there are these limited beliefs that these characters have constructed over time, right? I mean, okay, yeah, there are pressures in society, there are uh, abusers, and there are these monsters in your life, but You're no longer in that place that's in the past. So who and what are you now in this present moment in the safety and comfort of this stable existence that you're in? Are you able to get past those experiences and still pursue what it is that you want? And that's a question that we can all ask ourselves. I definitely had to ask myself that question today when I was revisiting, um, not revisiting, more like these flashbacks came back to me, resurfaced. Um, from my traumatic past. Another thing about this show is that it's only 12 episodes. And this is something that I, it's a pattern that I noticed with a lot of these elderly um, protagonist uh, shows. Like in that other show, what was it? Light in, the light in my eyes, the light behind my eyes. Um, It stars Kim Heja and she's basically an Alzheimer's patient in that show as well and that was only 12 episodes too and I don't know if it's because uh, these elderly actors can't do 16 to 20 episode series or if it's because the shows are just not as popular so they limited to a 12 episode miniseries in any case that's just a pattern I'm noticing I don't know if it's significant or if it's meaningful in any which way yet but I think there is something to be said about that today I talked to my guest Tim Murray he's a comedian he is based in Los Angeles. He was on the other two on HBO Max. He's also in the new film Swan Song, starring Jennifer Coolidge, which is in theaters. Tim is very, very funny. I I really loved him. I think Tim is brilliant when it comes to improv comedy. He is very, very good at yes anding. He's very, very good at thinking on his feet. He's somebody I think is incredibly gifted and talented, and I... I adore him. He's also a great stand-up comedian. I know that he is. Um, he he has an hour special that he's been touring. And I think he's going to be in Cleveland, Ohio, sometime this holiday season. So you can find him there. You could look him up at timmariecomedian.com and find all the information on tour dates there. Tim and I play tennis, too. Uh, we play tennis once. <laughs> I'd like to play him again. But it, playing tennis with him is an absolute joy because he's very good. He's very good at tennis. Um, he's better than me. He beat me at tennis the last time we played uh, and my whole body ached the next morning and I needed a couple of days to recuperate, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Without further ado, let's talk to Tim Murray. I get it. It's all good.
1: Thank you so much. Yeah, so it's my friend's birthday and we were playing tennis together. And I.
0: you play tennis? Yeah, do you? Yeah.
1: Grace, will you, you want to play?
0: We need to play tennis. Can we please oh my play God. tennis?
1: Yes, please. I'm literally I'm like so obsessed. I'm trying to find people to play all the time. That would be so fun.
0: There are nobody, like there are, no, there are no people around me who play tennis. You know, there are people who say like, yeah, I play tennis. And then we get on the court and they're like, yeah, I played once in gym class. I'm like, what? <laughs> you don't fucking play tennis, bro. Girl,
1: you don't fucking play tennis? Don't be, Hitting it to the people next to me over here on this court. I'm trying to play.
0: Exactly. What That's the hell? You don't
1: play tennis? Wait, <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm literally like, yeah. I played growing up, and then I didn't play for like 15 years, and then yeah,
0: I started Same. playing during the
1: pandemic. Really? Same. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't play like in a really, really long time, but I played in. Uh, I played since elementary school, elementary school, middle school, high school. Um, I'm not that great, but like I can hit a ball, you know, right, like right. I can, I can hit a serve that lands, you know, like I know the fucking rules and shit, you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, this That's is so you exciting. That's all baby. Oh my God. I'm so excited.
1: I literally like every day I'm like. I wish my friends were more reliable so I could go play. <laughs> but this friend who I played with this morning, he and I have been playing like three or four times a week.
0: Oh, intense!
1: I know. But yeah, I'm still not, that's good. I'm still not great. My serves are getting really good, but I, it's still, I, everything else is still bad. No, so, fit me
0: in, fit me in. I want to play. I want to play. I
1: would. Love, wait, where do you live?
0: I'm in the Valley.
1: Yeah, so close. I have the perfect spot for us. is in Glendale?
0: okay yeah yeah
1: and it's like overlooks the mountains and there's never anybody there
0: it sounds beautiful let's do it it's, it's awesome. perfect okay
1: i'm so excited about this i'm
0: down i'm down we're gonna do this oh my god thank god every time i find somebody who says like yeah i play tennis i'm just like <laughs> you know, i gotta hang on to them
1: i see a 100 percent.
0: that's good i'm so happy that you're out there playing tennis man oh yeah so, so that's what you were doing during the pandemic huh like trying to get more active
1: um okay, we could spin the narrative that way. Sure. We could say
0: <laughs> we could say that.
1: Grace, I love what I love the angle you're taking on. This. Yeah. Um I definitely did not. I definitely gained to say with me about forty pounds in this Ooh, pandemic. Very Maybe nice. not during. The, I probably started around fifteen pounds <laughs> when the pandemic was starting.
0: Okay, all right. Like
1: more, more than I realized when I was like, "Oh, that's way more than my resume says I weigh." <laughs> and then, so I probably packed on a, a little over twenty during the during okay. the pandemic.
0: Yeah, yeah, that sounds about average. Yeah,
1: yeah, and then uh, so no, I wasn't exactly getting active. This the tennis, <laughs> the tennis. R- Uh, like three or four times a week thing has really started in the last month, I would say. September. Okay, It's September. I've really started getting at it.
0: The fall's the best time, you know?
1: Cause it was too hot there for a minute.
0: No, no, no. I can't do it. Cannot. You know what I do is I'll sometimes just go to the wall cause there's like a tennis wall in my, in Sherman Oaks. So I just go there and I'll just like hit the wall for like an hour and it'll be satisfying, just as satisfying.
1: Yeah. Wait, you've gotta give me the location of this because I I I'm not kidding. I've been going Grace, I went like I went and served by myself at a court recently because I just wanted to play so bad and it was so tragic That's and so sad.
0: Heartbreaking. It was yeah. sad. I feel but like, I understand. I feel
1: like you get it? There were all these like sixty, seventy-year-old people looking at me like look at that sad kid with no friends. <laughs> and then these older, like really super nerdy IT guys came up to me and they were like, um, hey, how long are you going to be? And I was like, "I, you can have the court. It's fine. And they were like, do you want to play with us? We could do like Australian, Canadian tennis or whatever with like uh, two on one. I was mm-hmm. like, yes. And so I played with strangers. So and that fun. was, I felt like a kid. I felt like a kid, yes. like, playing with other random kids yeah, at the Yeah, they're like,
0: come play with us. That was nice of those IT people.
1: It was so nice. I loved them so yeah. much. They were so sweet. And they were older. They were just, like, Aww. very sweet.
0: Yeah. That is so... I love that story. Yeah. No, mm. you know, like, when I'm playing at the wall... um my, <laughs> my, the wall! The wall. You know, at the wall. At the Sherman wall. Oaks, th- There are just, you know, these fucking... Mm. Uh, pushy ass bitches were standing there going like how long are you gonna be like when are you gonna get off I'm like I just got here and they're just like yeah but like what time you know I'm like oh my god like just fucking oh, give me a minute give minute. me a minute give me a fucking minute it's always like women too you know like the women are the ones that like really want to know like what time did you get here what time are you gonna get off like and they'll be like I got here first so when you're done make sure you see me I'm like I'm not gonna know I'm not doing any of that shit. I got here when I felt like coming here. I got the wall now. I'm gonna leave when I feel like it. And I don't I don't wanna see you at all. Like, you know.
1: What is it's, that? You're right. It's so gendered. And I would say uh, that same thing happens only with men at the gym. Only men are coming up to you at the weights, being like, huh, how much lawyer you got? am like, can you <laughs> fucking relax? Go use a different machine.
0: Exactly. And when I'm done, this will be open exactly because that's the thing it's like we're at a park we're at a gym there are many equipments there are many activities like do something different get your focus on you know off this for a while and go then come stretch, back babe go stretch go and come stretch. back babe. Stretch that's what i say to bucket. the
1: people crowding me at the courts
0: <laughs> go stretch and come back babe go when on. you're done stretching in your back these will be free yeah yeah
1: exactly yeah. also it drives me nuts this this family came in today when we were finishing up we had to, we were like going really head to head we weren't sure who was gonna win and th- yeah. grace there were i'm not getting six open courts six <laughs> open courts and they're like yeah we have this one it's 10 a.m we have this one and they made us move over to the other one I was like can you just let us finish our game and you go use the one that's Open oh, I would never do that to somebody. I would just go yeah. use the open one. Right. And then if someone was gonna kick me off, then I would be like, Hey guys, sorry, like this is actually our court. Exactly. But to be like, when there's all these open court sections. What is that? Have we learned nothing from this pandemic?
0: God. We haven't, I don't think we have, you know, like, I mean, the truth of the matter is like we all did change during the pandemic, you know, like you gained 40 pounds, like, you know, you changed <laughs> yes. in that way, um, yes. you know, but we all like got real introspective and like, we went inside and blah, blah, blah. We did all that shit, but we come back out in the world and, you know, old habits, they just come right back like that instantly. It's astounding. Oh, it is. It's, it's just the way of being human. and. You know, I get it, like, what it is, it's not the people's fault technically, it's the system's fault, right? Like, when you were Mm. saying that the court was reserved, is it like, you know, you go online, you pay $12 and you reserve the court, is it like, are they talking about that? Like court number one, court number two? Yes, yes. Okay, see, so it's the fucking system's fault if you think about it, because if we didn't have that stupid ass system, then we wouldn't have these stupid ass petty fights over what number, what time, blah, 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 you know? If the fucking park, where we you know where our tax dollars go to didn't charge us fucking twelve dollars to reserve and pay and all this bullshit. If people could just show up and just play and just go, right? If it was just open to the public like that, then we wouldn't have these petty ass, stupid fucking fights, right?
1: Fucking capitalism, you're so right. You're I'm so, feeling the heat from yeah. you on this. You're so I, right.
0: I hate the fucking why is it like that? It's like this is such an LA thing too. Because like, you know, in New York and Jersey, like I never dealt with this uh, court reservation system online. You know, it was literally like, "Oh, you show up at the park, you watch some people play, and you wait, and then we just go and and hit balls like when they're done." You know, that's how it was.
1: And in Ohio, courts on courts on courts, just empty courts for free <laughs> as far as as far as the eye could see. I mean, truly, it's like yeah. this is a very this is a very LA thing. But in New York City, Mm-hmm. Honey, I lived there for seven years. You couldn't find yeah. yourself a court. Couldn't okay. find a
0: court. Yeah, that's true. No, I guess I'm talking more about Jersey. I would go to the parks in Jersey and play with my friends there. And um, Jersey Jersey folk, they were pretty peaceful about it. They were chill about it.
1: Yeah, That's not something you often hear about Jersey folk, that they're <laughs> chill. They're peaceful and chill. That's not they're the stereotype not. I would say about, about yeah. Jersey folk.
0: You know, it's like, it depends, right? It depends like with everything, you know, New York people are not mm. chill either, but in some aspects, they're very chill, you know, that is, like,
1: that is a very good That's very right?
0: true. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I think it depends like LA people, they're not chill, but with certain things they're like way chill, you know, like, yeah. So I'm like, okay, it just really depends on what flares up our egos at what time and in what circumstance, like, you know, when's the last time that like your ego got flared up and you had to kind of take a moment and be like, all right, Tim what's happening here
1: uh I, I, like every 30 seconds <laughs> <laughs> um let's That's see weird. here how much do i want to mm-hmm. reveal about myself yeah. and my it could be small. flaws um i would say uh, literally playing tennis like i i get so mad when i don't do well i get yeah. so mad yeah. I don't like slam the racket or anything. I don't, I'm not like toxic mask insane, like a uh, John <laughs> McEnroe or something, like breaking my racket and half. I played with my straight brother and he was yeah. literally, he's yeah. five years older than me, so he beat me at yeah. every sport always right. growing up. He would oh, wow. dunk on me in basketball and it was <laughs>
0: horrible. Just to emasculate like you. Yeah.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And
1: so then I played tennis with him last time I was home a couple months ago and he. He, Grace, you should have seen this grown man, <laughs> this almost 40-year-old man, throwing his racket at the fence. And I was dunking on him, and I was, I was not letting, letting yeah. go. I was like, these are for all the years mm-hmm. that you beat me at basketball. Yes. And I was just slamming, slamming yeah. the ball in his face. And mm-hmm. he, I mean, the man was throwing his racket like, like it was a ring toss. Oh, just goodness. Like it was a horseshoe ring toss. I was like, stop oh, throwing that racket. Yeah. Get a grip. Yeah, literally.
0: literally get a grip.
1: Grip that racket harder. Don't <laughs> throw it. Literally get a grip.
0: Yeah, rackets cost money. You don't want to smash that shit. You know, like come on. Very silly. expensive. Stupid. They are. You know, I, I, I get it. Like, I guess what it is is it's disappointment in the self, right? Ultimately, that's what that is.
1: Yeah, and probably like roots back to our childhood of mm. how we felt like we were a disappointment to our parents or something yeah. like you really, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't get enough validation or whatever that you were mm-hmm. looking for. And then you, you're mm-hmm. still on to that.
0: Mm-mm. 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 It's <laughs> like, it's like, uh, what is it? You know, kids don't generally don't really care. Like when, um, there is no reward or punishment, right? Like that's something children learn through reinforcement. And over time, like parents will be like, all right, like you're doing great. You're doing great. And the kids like, feel good. And then they are like, okay, you suck now. Now you suck. Now you're sucking ass. You're fucking shit up on that court. You suck. I'm going to disown you. I hate you. Like, they're not saying that, but in a way they're kind of saying, like that's what the yeah. kids take in. Right. And it's like survival mode. Kids just have like basic survival mode. It's just literally like kids are wired. Like they just like, they just want to live. They just don't want to <laughs> die. Right. So that's how it gets. And then it's like, all right, like, if I want to get mother's love, I have to kick ass. And if I'm not kicking ass, then they're going to fucking not pay attention to me. So let me go Mm. and bust my racket and scream. And now she's going to attend to me. And so that also gets reinforced too the anger response, the that tantrum response that also kind of gets reinforced too so yeah it's ultimately it is their fault it's their fault i guess it's
1: it is like everything is about trying to get parental love like like your whole fucking life is like i'm listening to a lot of oprah right now and it's just like <laughs> it's always co- it always comes back to that it's always I that they there was she was like interviewing these this like relationship therapist and he was like talking to these couples who were like on the brink of breaking up and mm. then he did this work with them where they were like what if you talk to your partner like they were your parent and you're oh, pretend you're a little wow. kid and like what are you really mad about and then it always came back to that it was always like you were so controlling you didn't let me mm. play with other kids growing up you made me stay inside all the time and sure enough <laughs> this dude was like projecting that onto his poor wife who is like i'm just trying to chill and live my life and you are acting like i'm like crazy controlling and i'm not and he's like right oh my god you're right i just (laughs) i'm like any little thing that you do triggers me to like my parents like not letting me do whatever i wanted
0: yeah yeah crazy i wonder if oprah had a good childhood i wonder too how did she become like i don't think she did either she didn't she's i'm sure she has like a lot of trauma i do know that uh before she got her talk show she was like a drug addict and shit like she was a huge mess i don't know what happened but she had a fucked up life grace are you making that up i'm not i i (laughs) i I was just like because you know like this was like like a while ago, and I was just like, "What's with Oprah? Like, what's her life? You know?" And I was just kind of reading shit, and like she used to go on benders. Like she was like all a big fuck up, and then she kind of was trying to turn her life around and um, read stuff, got therapy, da da da, and then that's when she started doing the talk show thing, you know.
1: Dan, how do we get there? How do we do that? How do you go from fucked up life to read stuff? I don't Did know. Did therapy and not have a talk show.
0: I know. And become a billionaire overnight. I don't know. I mean, seriously, that Get woman your... really
1: has it together. She
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. She really got it together there. I do have a joke, though, where I call Oprah a white supremacist and everybody loves it. <laughs> <laughs> That's why she made it. That's why. Okay. It's because she's a fucking white supremacist. That's why she made it. Okay.
1: That is so fucking funny. It's you're so true. funny.
0: I think you're funny. What are you I kidding love,
1: me? I love looking at your stuff online. I, I God, I want to. Are you doing a lot of stand up lately?
0: I, uh, yeah, like I are. mean, yeah because I'm I'm, I'm stand up. I'm like pure stand up. Like I wish I was more like you, you know. Like I love your memes first of all. They fucking kill me. Like <laughs> they make you. me shit my pants every morning. Like I don't need my morning coffee. I just watch your memes and then I'm like mo- like my bowels are moving, you know. And uh I love your videos. <laughs> like your the 10 things I hate about you thing when you're reading it <laughs> the wig i was just like oh my god i can't i can't fucking
1: my it's my oldest so party good. trick in the book like i've been literally <laughs> doing the 10 things ahead about you monologue since like college parties just i was it's just out of so nowhere good. i used to do it for auditions in new york <laughs> for like serious plays like i think i did it for a shakespeare audition one time and they were just looking at me like what the
0: fuck? <laughs> They Why don't get the they, reference.
1: They don't get the reference. And I say, well, yeah. I don't want to work for you then.
0: If Julia you don't get the Stiles, reference, if you don't get yeah. Julia Stiles, then you don't She's deserve She's a huge me. Shakespearean kind of actress, you know? All I about mean, she, that shit. She
1: really was. She was the... She was like our generation's like Shakespeare One. film actress. Yeah.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Let's name, them, was...
1: let's name them. I mean, 10 Things to Hate About You is...
0: Is a it's taming of, the shrew. Uh, t- taming of the Shrew, and she was also in the um the uh Macbeth, right?
1: The, Hamlet,
0: Hamlet, is that she the New York City Macbeth, with like Bill Murray and shit? Is that yes, yes, she was She's in that, right? Yeah, 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 she yeah, sure yeah. was, and that yeah. was straight up Shakespeare, like that was like yeah. actually that Shakespeare was the like, dialogue, they did the actual dialogue. She was not in Romeo and Juliet, though.
1: But Claire Danes was, and that is almost the same person.
0: They're basically the same. You're right. That's basically the same person. (laughs) Like similar
1: vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wafy white women (laughs) around the same age. But then also, so I think Roman and Juliet counts. Also, she was in O, the Othello adaptation. She she was like the Shakespeare girl, which is
0: really shocking. She's obsessed with Shakespeare. Man, I wonder what she's doing, huh? I wonder what she's up to.
1: She's off somewhere reading to Shakespeare. (laughs) Look at her being about it, just loving the Shakespeare nonstop. (laughs) No, I actually just heard her on um, Michelle Collins' podcast. A listener, if you don't know Michelle Collins, you gotta. She's so funny.
0: Okay.
1: She had Julia Stiles on her podcast, and Julia Stiles was talking like, like she's just been working, like a working actress for the last several years. She was like, Yeah, you know, I'm in Amsterdam shooting, and she's talking about some TV show that Grace no one's ever heard
0: nobody's of nobody's seen it no
1: nobody's one is watching that show uh-uh. no but way. she's i think it's out it's like third or fourth season or something she's on some she's employed she's mama stays employed
0: <laughs> she's getting the paychecks and you know that's that's all that matters that's all that matters you're a working actor and that's all that matters right true uh, yeah and you know what we still talk about her because she was in 10 things i hate about you, you which know? is <laughs> a classic one of the best one of the best movies i've ever seen in my life <laughs> in my life it's so good.
1: Allison Janney. Come on.
0: She's amazing. Console? She's amazing in that. Yeah. That like Heath Ledger. Court. Come on. It was oh, so good. Um, the two of them
1: have such chemistry in that film. Larissa do. Olenek? Secret Lord <laughs> of
0: Alex Mack? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Iconic. Um, I was really okay. So during the pandemic, I was like rewatching a lot of like 90s stuff, you know. Mm. And one of the things that I rewatched was uh, She's All That. <gasps> okay, that was bizarre. That was crazy. That was really fucked up. That was really
1: fucked crazy. up. That was.
0: I'm scared. I'm scared. I was
1: just. I feel <laughs> Halloween vibes coming <laughs> through the screen. That was scary. This is the craft we are joining a coven. listener, you obviously can't see but as Grace said she's all that I, I held up my t-shirt that says all, all that. that like as you were saying the words all that yeah,
0: it's like you predicted it like how how did you do, do,
1: do, it? do, 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 do. <laughs> I mean well in fairness, when you said 90s yeah. this is I mean I, I like loved the, that
0: show right show. like Keenan Keenan Thompson I mean hello. King
1: true queen yeah
0: uh Hell. what's her face
1: um Lori beth denberg
0: <laughs> you know them all who's the one that lost her mind eventually oh Amanda, Amanda Bynes. Bynes Amanda Bynes was a big all that person right judge Trudy Huge star judge Trudy oh, I forgot about judge Trudy she was so good at judge Trudy like the she faces
1: right she would make judge I forgot about judge Trudy. Oh. I always remember dear Ashley
0: dear, dear <laughs> Ashley that's
1: me there was one that was like, it used to get me together. I still remember like it was yesterday because I used to laugh, laugh, laugh. Yeah. These people would ask, call or write into Ashley. She'd say, Dear Ashley, that's me, and then give them advice. And the whole game was that she was like very chill and smart, but then she would lose her fucking shit at how dumb the questions were. It was a really funny bit. And one time the person was like, Dear Ashley, I like peanut butter on the top of my peanut butter and jelly and jelly on the bottom. But my mom keeps making the Sandwiches <laughs> with jelly on the top and peanut butter on the bottom. What should I do? Well, Jessica, why don't you turn the freaking sandwich over? You freaking idiot! What are you, stupid? What are you, dumb? Turn the sandwich over! Gosh! And she couldn't curse, but it was like she was like having like a. Freaking... She was
0: saying the f word everywhere. Yeah, like you could hear it anyhow. It was you in could there. hear it anyhow. It was so satisfying. Oh, so good. Oh my, she was like a genius, honestly. You know, she really was. She was like a brilliant performer and super hilarious and you know the shit that went down even that was still hilarious to watch like as like harrowing and dark set. it was it, i was like if this is a performance like she has it like she's got it she has my attention she is amusing me she's entertaining the world you know uh but it wasn't like it was a full-on meltdown you know and
1: yeah. my friend who i played tennis with he said that he saw her at a ucb show before the breakdown she like oh. came to ucb to like yeah to laugh and see a yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. And she, he said she was so um, level-headed, normal, oh, taking yeah. pictures with all of them. She seemed yeah. super lucid. And then, like, I mean, who knows what goes on with, with a person's mental health. It's, like, probably not great to speculate. Yeah. But I have heard through the grapevine, that she was really similar to a Britney Spears situation, like put huh. in some really compromising, horrible positions. And yeah. who knows, like, what kind of medication was she given was a, to her. Yeah,
0: of course. She was a child actor, you know? Yeah. Like, child actors are essentially, like, slaves. <laughs> There's, yeah. It doesn't,
1: yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't famously go well for most of
0: them. Oh, never. Like, pretty much never, you know? Uh, I just finished uh, watching the fourth season of um handmaid's tale do you watch that show
1: i sure do and i'm caught up as well
0: okay okay this this is a recent phenomenon i only noticed this about myself last night okay while i was driving because i couldn't stop thinking about him but i'm like obsessed with nick blaine i am in love with nick blaine like what is that why you know why? wait is
1: that is that nick the, guy, the, the officer that she like that keeps going she's, to
0: yeah yeah I'm like in love I, with. I mean, him. I
1: got why. I you understand? Too. What do you think? I think what we is, all. I think we all are.
0: What? What's it about him?
1: I think that there are some people in this world who have good energy. Number one, yeah. he's got like good energy. Yes, like, he's got calming, welcoming. I don't know. Do you ever see a celebrity and you could tell immediately like that person is cool? and Mm -hmm. nice or you just know like that person's a butthole like i always knew leah michelle was a butthole you know what i mean you could tell
0: oh she's such a butthole
1: and there's there's some people out there who can like okay i'm not gonna name names but there's some people like more in our ether who are like a little famous who play buttholes as their like thing they're like always kind of jerks and i'm always a little bit like well, you're really good at that because you're like kind of are that you you ha- that's part of you. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. That guy seems like he would be lovely to have oh, dinner with.
0: Stable, grounded, yeah,
1: and charming. Charming face. Charming as hell. He's got hell. one like, of those faces.
0: It's this ethnically ambiguous look that I'm just like, I don't know what's going on, but I feel safe because I know you're like kind of ethnic. But, you know, you're like kind of in between so you can straddle both worlds and it's all good. You know, he went to Columbia, right? He studied history at Columbia U. His daddy's a screenwriter. His mother is like, that's where he gets his ethnic ambiguity. His Italian father and his mother, like was uh is from hong kong and like she has a little bit of like chinese something in there so there it's like it's mixed in there you know and so he comes from good like you know familial pedigree and you know he's smart he's intelligent seems and, smart yeah 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 Like he said yeah, yeah yeah like he thinks you know he contextualizes when he gets into character and shit. i guess mm-hmm. and I love his voice. Like he has a very- Yeah, I think that's a big part voice. of it. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I'm like, ooh, your voice. And it's soothing. just- Soothing. It's soothing. It's yeah. calming. Like, you know, Elizabeth Moss, like on this show, like obviously for, you know, come she's like a traumatized woman. Like she's all like bad shit. And he just, yes, ands everything to her, you know, all her mad, insane requests that, that require him to put his life on the line. He's always like, yeah, I'll we'll do, do it. I'll yeah. do it. And I'm like, wow, the dedication, the fearlessness, you know, Yes. I'm just like, I am so turned on. And like, I was just like, cause I didn't care all three seasons. The first three seasons, I, I was like, whatever about him, but season four, I'm like in love with him. And I think it, oh. it's also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's also because he's older now. Like, it's been four years that he's been doing this show. So he's got a, like, I saw a little bit of the grays coming in. You're right. And matured. And I'm like. wrinkles. Oh, yes, the wrinkles.
1: You're (laughs) right. It's kind of hot.
0: Death creeping in on his face.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Famously, you are a witch. So it makes sense that you're into, like, a little bit of death stuff. A little bit of. (laughs) knowing that he's yeah he's mortal it's my yeah. inner
0: goth girl that's all riled up yeah so okay i'm so glad that we got to talk about that because i was just like last night i was like why am, i feel like i'm going insane like i can't stop thinking Wait, about. Wait, but Nicola. i'm
1: shocked that it was this this last season that I really did it for you because he yeah. okay i think some people just have a likability like mm-hmm. we used to talk about this in theater school all the time yeah. like type right like your type he's like he's a likable type of person like when he walks into the room you see Mm -hmm. him for that character yeah you know you're like yeah you are you are you're warm you have like a warm energy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas like like elizabeth moss could never could never be a character like that she when she walks in a room you're like i feel stressed Yeah, (laughs) and it plays her advantage i mean she plays like great she's phenomenal on that show. oh
0: my gosh are you kidding top of the lake my god that fucking woman did you see top of the lake the Sundance oh. TV show that no. um you should check out Top of the Lake okay. she, it's like that. it's like the the before Handmaid's Tale like that mad woman that insanely stressed out mad woman like this was like it came before and uh what's her Ooh. face um directs, Jane Campion directed that TV show it's a Sundance TV show that Jane Campion directed it's called Top of the Lake and Elizabeth Moss plays the person in it and she's really amazing
1: could you yeah. be any more artsy right now i'm so impressed <laughs> i'm like if you ask me what you're, i'm watching i'm like oh i'm watching a reality tv show about florists i don't know <laughs> about a floral competition and you're like give awesome. me sundance tv shows actually that's really good
0: <laughs> it's it sounds Fumlo. great are you I kidding yeah i actually have a friend who's a clown and a florist that's his job
1: we should we got to go. We got to wrap up there. We shouldn't be doing this with our lives. Come on. We Grace, we got to go back to school. We got to become lawyers or something. You have a friend that is a clown and a florist?
0: Yeah, he has he too lives- much
1: creativity. He should be ashamed of himself. That's not okay
0: that's what he is that's his occupation he lives upstairs from the the flower shop that he works at like it, he's got such a good deal he lives in los Feliz, and uh downstairs is a, like a florist uh what do you call it like a flor- floral boutique or whatever and he works there part-time and the other times he's just a clown like <laughs> that's his work
1: okay i need to talk to this fellow I need to talk to this person. Wait, it's not Mia's Mia's floor, fl- flower shop, is it? Mia's in in Los Feliz, right off Vermont. Like by the movie theater.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Shut yeah, yeah. Up. It's like I around know. the corner from where the the that French um um restaurant is, Yes. Like- yeah, 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 La- yeah. La Poutique, That's- <gasps> yeah. He works there. Okay, he I works.
1: know I probably know him then. And <laughs> I'm so sorry for making fun of you, Guy, because I would love to see your, your clown, right? <laughs> Um And I do think I maybe know who you're talking about. And if it is, he's one is, hot is, and very is, lovely.
0: Is he hot? I find him this adorable. This person was hot. His name's Van Every... Jasmine. Okay. Is his name. And uh, he's also, actually... Yeah.
1: You got to go to that place. I mean, that is... A, one of the most amazing flower shops I've ever been into. They are really? so lovely in there. Yeah. The floor flowers are disgustingly cool. <laughs> like so gorgeous, so cool. My boyfriend just got a Broadway show. And so yeah. I got him a bouquet from there. And it was oh. uh roses that were dyed the color of the rainbow. Oh so each petal was a different it looked like this shirt, like fluorescent oh colors. God. And I was like, Oh, do you like paint each petal? And they were like, No, you um put the the stems in colored dye and it leaks into the way the petal blooms i was like that's the most beautiful thing i've ever heard in my life
0: and they made it into the most gay bou- bouquet that's ever been created with r- so books. gay
1: <laughs> so it. gay
0: It's amazing me
1: flower shop it's
0: everything okay yeah i gotta go there the next time i need to buy flowers man i'm I- you know, it's crazy that your fr- it was your friend's birthday. T- like, you know, you went to a birthday party. I have a, a birthday party to go to right after this thing. Like, you and me, you know? it's she lives in ventura and i was are thinking i should bring her flowers <gasps> yeah.
1: you should go you should go to Migas and get her flowers i
0: should i should, and she's and she's gay so i should bring her a gay ass bouquet of flowers
1: okay i hope they still have those those flowers i don't know if that was like a one-time thing but
0: <laughs> it was a one-time thing just for you and your boyfriend i'm sure yeah, it,
1: yeah that's that could after
0: be. that they were like we're never gonna do this ever again we they're like we know how but this is only for Tim and Tim's boyfriend, <laughs> we're never, yeah. We know how,
1: We're just, but we're not going to. We're not
0: going to do it. Yeah.
1: We're not going to do it. Are you excited about this birthday or are you like, oh. Uh.
0: I mean, like, I love her, you know, she's a, she's a comic as well. Her name's Suan Weaver and, uh, I, I love her, but she lives in fucking Ventura. You know, that's the only issue. It's a far I don't love ass. anybody that much. Yeah. 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 That's it's far. a lot of love. I don't
1: I love. don't like birthday parties. I if yeah. if we're friends, honey, yeah. I will take you to a drink just you and me.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: you and me, we can hang out, we can watch a movie, we'll go I get understand. a drink another day. I
0: understand.
1: Birthday parties, I like my birthday parties, but yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not trying to go make friends with new people right. in this like awkward stilted situation where like there's so many of us. I, get I just it. I don't like
0: that. I get it cuz you know, it's like we have different kinds of friends right like i'm one individual but i have like a series of groups of friends and they have a type they have a certain dynamic like they fall into certain categories and if you bring them all together in one room they don't mesh right
1: right no they really don't and it's awkward for them and you have such a history with all these people so you feel really comfortable Uh but i always feel how awkward everybody else feels
0: yeah but do you have like that one friend whose friends like like you just hate all of them do you have like a friend like that because i have a friend like that like every single friend i've met of hers i'm like i hate this person
1: whoa that's such a good question
0: yeah um or like a friend who who keeps dating hate hateful people that i have yes (laughs) what do you do what are you supposed to do when they're like that
1: Unfortunately, that's the end of that relationship.
0: Right? You got
1: to, I mean, you can't be friends with somebody and not like their partner, especially right. if it's like their permanent partner. Like they're going to be with them forever, you, you think? Or if it's yeah. been more than a couple of years, like, honey, no. you, you. it's very rare that you're going to get to hang out with that person without at least their partner person being brought up. And if you want to have like real trust and real companionship with somebody, you got to be mm-hmm. honest, but you don't need to be telling them that you don't like their friends. So or they right. don't like their partner. So you right. I, I think you just got to kind of make new friends. Unfortunately, right. my mom, she won't listen to this, this is fine. I think my mom <laughs> has a lot of friends, like a lot of fun girlfriends who yeah. are married to duds. Ooh. And I can't with that, I like, and then my dad, who's cool and fun, gets dragged along to these like couples dinners. And okay. he's like, I got stuck talking to the guy the whole time and he's a fucking dud. And I'm like, yeah, that won't be happening for me. I will not be. I will not. I can't have that be my life.
0: Your dad should microdose on mushrooms before he goes to these couples dinners. That might be fun for him.
1: Funny that you say that when they came to L.A., they did uh, do marijuana, marijuana.
0: For the first time?
1: No, there were like stoners okay. in the. They were like hippies oh, in the seventies,
0: yeah.
1: But like so for the first time in a, lo- in a long time, yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: How, how do they like it? Probably. They liked it a lot. My dad like loves it. My mom's yeah. not. My mom likes it. She's not so sure.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: Okay. My dad All loves right. it. Loves. That's love
0: cool. It. Like, was yeah. it like fun? Like, you know, smoking pot with them and hanging out. Like, what was that?
1: It was so fun. It was yeah. so fun. Um, they're big time drinkers. Yeah. So. Yeah
0: well ohio was, right yeah. yeah
1: yeah so it was really fun to do something a little more mellow and see them laugh a little bit rather uh-huh. than like corner me and talk <laughs> my <laughs> ear off without caring if i'm listening you know like how drunk people do
0: <laughs> isn't that annoying that's part of the reason why i kind of i stopped drinking that's one thing i quit drinking during the pandemic good for you yeah I was like, I was drinking a lot of wine during the pandemic. Like every single fucking, every two weeks, it was like a bi-weekly thing, bi-weekly. I would go to Ralph's and buy six bottles of wine cause you get 30% off. I'm like, of course. Hell yeah. And I would I like, there were some nights when I would be just fucked up and I'm by myself <laughs> and I'm like, you know, accidentally knocking my wine glass over and breaking it. And I'm like, fuck, you know, this is pathetic. I'm a loser, you know, hey, this, is, this is stupid. So I just had to stop. I had to cut this shit out. You know, I remember it was December. It was around Christmas, and I was just like, "This is my last bottle of wine. Like, I'm done after this." And
1: whoa, dude, yeah. Grace, that's really impressive. Like,
0: thanks. That's yeah. really
1: like that is a lot of self control and a lot of self awareness to be able to be like, Maybe. "I'm done here."
0: I'm not sure, sure if it's self control because I'm not very good with self control. I'm not. Uh, but I think it's self awareness. I'm glad you mentioned that because it was more like, I. I'm not good with self-control, so I want to have more self-control. And one way of having it is by not being inebriated. Mm -hmm. And uh, I could do that. So it's like the self-awareness sort of penetrated through and I was able to find some self control in the matter.
1: Oh, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. That's a good way because to put it's, it. Because it's
0: not like I'm like craving it all the time. It's not like I need wine, I need wine. If I'm thinking about it and I'm like I need it, I want it all the time, then there's no fucking way I would give that shit up, you know what I'm saying? Like why right. would I? It it more had to do with this internal logic that I was just like this isn't serving me anymore. It's a big waste of water. I have to give it up. And that's when I stopped.
1: That's a good way to put it. And I feel like I feel like it's rarely addiction is rarely about like I feel like there's so much stigma around the word word mm-hmm. addiction of like mm-hmm. oh, can you say can you say addiction we're all mm-hmm. we all are addicted to so yes. many things exactly and addiction I feel like so often we think of it that way of like oh, I couldn't say no or, I couldn't turn it down or I was craving it all the time uh-huh. I was tempted by it all the time right. but I don't think it's really about that as much as it's just about yeah self control about not being able to control when it is in mm-hmm. front of you mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. it is there and just trying to numb stuff
0: Exactly. It's a yeah. distraction. Exactly. Yeah.
1: yeah, it's not that you actually want it cuz I'm no. I'm for years I've dealt with food stuff in that way. And I'm currently in, in a place where I'm like, why? If I, if I buy Oreos, <laughs> honey, the whole bag is gone. God. It is God. gone. I will yeah. put it in my cupboard. I'll put it away. I'll go sit down on the couch and be like, no. all right, I would have to That's get up all and go to the cupboard about. to get it. But mm-hmm. I get up mm-hmm. and I get it. because. Mm-hmm. But if it wasn't in my house, I wouldn't have it. It's not that I actually want it. I just want yeah. something to do. I want something to eat it's to take my mind. Is a distraction. It's yeah.
0: 100% a distraction. But, you know, I got better with that too. I used to be that buy Oreos and I, I would obsessively think about it. And, you know, yeah, it would be gone like instantly. But uh, now, like, I buy, like, cookies and chocolate and ice cream, like, when I go grocery shopping. In the past, I never did. But I'll stock up and... They're still there, like they're in my cabinets, you know. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm I'm getting better with it. Yeah. Are there certain vices that you had that you gave up, like cigarettes or anything like that?
1: Um. I mean, how deep do we want to go on this podcast? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh Whatever you're I've, comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah, I'll just be honest. I, but my my. Uh, Everyone in my family is like super. It's always been apparent to me that alcohol has been like their huge mm-hmm. vice. Yeah. So it, it, that comes and goes for me, but not really. It's I'm so aware of it that that drugs mm-hmm. and like physical vices like that have never really been my mm-hmm. thing. Sex mm-hmm. has always been my vice. Mm. Like that's the Sex thing. Sex is a big addiction for that some I numb people. with.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's a good distraction. It's like one of the best. Majorly. Majorly. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah. Man. I mean,
1: you're so. It's like a really, when you're feeling out of control, it's like a, this is fucked up, but it's like a good way to feel really like in your body.
0: Exactly. You know, exactly. Grounded. It's physical. It's grounding. It's physical. It's meditative. You're breathing, you know, mm-hmm. in a more regulated way.
1: Mm-hmm. It's actually
0: very meditative, I think.
1: Yeah. yeah. And a lot of times you're convincing yourself you're connecting with somebody. <laughs> you're probably not. A lot, if you're me. You're probably not, but like, yeah, it's like, it's really, so I've actually been uh, getting better about that lately, about not uh, engaging, like not on any apps or anything anymore, which is
0: oh, that's very awesome. nice because the
1: apps are such, I mean, talk about addiction, right? the apps, man, like I could just, not even looking for actual sex, just looking for validation, like
0: yeah, just
1: flicking through those apps. Like they're a video game, like yeah. more people, more people, more people.
0: It's gamified. That's the yeah. thing. It's gamified. And so it's also more dehumanizing, you know, cause we're people. I mean, it's just to me, Like, I, I don't do it. I don't do the apps. I Good tried it um, years ago and I was just like, this is so dehumanizing. I can't do it. So I just stopped. In fact, I gave up a lot of things. I gave up cigarettes, like a bunch of years ago. I gave up coffee a bunch of years ago. I gave up alcohol a year ago. I gave up sex and love a few, like a couple years ago, two years ago. I was just like, I'm done with sex. I'm done with love. Yeah. I'm not like, um, restrictive to it. I'm not like no fucking, no, (laughs) no love, (laughs) no intimacy. I'm not like that, but it's more like, um, like if somebody doesn't approach me seriously and honestly and sincerely, and if I just sense any kind of bullshit, I'm immediately like, like my brain immediately cuts it out. I'm like, yeah, not interested, you know? I don't humor it at all. And uh, I think that's why it's gotten easier for me to like give up alcohol. Cause I used to think that I could never give up alcohol. I had a drink every single day, like since I was like 19, literally every single day since I was 19, that's like a long time. And yeah. I never thought I could stop alcohol cause I loved drinking and you know you're, you're mentioning alcoholism in your family i have it on my dad's side of the family too and uh, but in december i was just like ah, it's not serving me so goodbye to this yeah
1: that is so impressive so you have so many vices that you've just been able to like clear away
0: but there's no end to it man like i'm, I'm yeah. still addicted to television you know hello mm-hmm. season four of handmaid's tale watch that in like three days <laughs> you know <laughs> like i'm addicted to uh my phone i'm there are a lot of things i'm still addicted to uh but you know it's just i i just have to figure out like is this serving me or not if it's serving me then i'm like okay fine you know it's only a problem once you know i'm like oh this is a huge problem like it's like interfering with my life and my ability to live then it's a problem but right now right it's not at that point not yet because so. you're
1: right. we. If you have an addictive tendency or an addictive personality, it, that's mm-hmm. always going to be there, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really good way to put it. Like, it's all about finding the things that you can be addicted to in a healthy way that are serving you. Like honestly, nice. not for nothing, I'm addicted to tennis now. Yeah, like, re- I've replaced a lot of those other bad habits with mm. something that is actually connecting with a friend, yeah. actually exercise, which is helpful. Yeah. And that and releases is like, the
0: endorphins, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah. that's yeah. beautiful. I love what you just said. That was like so well said. I love that.
1: Um yeah, it's did true. you
0: start out as a stand up or as a sketch or as an improv comic? Or just a theater
1: person? As a theater person. Yeah, I started yeah. out. Uh I mean, I have been right. I I felt funny ever since I was like a little little kid and loved yeah comedy like I wrote my first stand-up set when I was in fourth grade for like a talent show and did it then and then I did it again when I was like 15 and then I always had like a little book of jokes with me and I kind of always knew that I would do stand-up and then when I was 19 someone broke into my car and took my computer that was in my backpack and my book of jokes that I've been carrying around with me for like four or five years like hundreds of terrible terrible jokes um but still but it was crushing. It was yeah. like, oh, I, I can never.
0: i so If violating. someone could
1: just take everything that I've worked at,
0: yeah,
1: that I've accumulated for so long, yeah. yeah, it was horrible. It was really horrible. I was, it was like really. It's devastating. Sh- devastating, yeah. And so I was like, I think I just kind of like couldn't bring myself to do it
0: anymore mm. after that. It was traumatic.
1: It was so traumatic, and um, and I just love theater. Like I, like that's like my like happy place of like if I'm in the car and I want to feel really good, I'll turn on like a good musical theater song. Yeah. Um,
0: when? Oh my God. Yeah. 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 You know
1: what I mean? Like you're just so like, gay.
0: I love it. I'm like, so you're such gay. A queen. It's I'm such a
1: queen. <laughs>
0: okay. And
1: and you know, I think what you just said is a huge part of it. I didn't feel like there was a place for me in comedy when I was mm. 19. I'm such a queen. Like there was yeah. no. I see. I mean, Wanda Sykes was like still in the closet.
0: Right.
1: Uh, Ellen was coming out of the closet and then everybody was like fuck you yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's cancel your show like yeah. there was and those are women like yeah yeah gay like gay femme guy yeah. like I john travolta in the closet you in know. the closet honey <laughs> you know and as far as stand-up went like that world just seemed sad and dark and straight to me and very very mask yeah very mask mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. like I'm a white man, and there was a lot of that. So, like, of, you know, you'd think I'd feel comfortable in that way, but I just, I just wasn't inspired by anything that yeah. anybody was doing. Like, I, it, it's, comedy made me laugh, and like, I like, I love Norm Macdonald, mm-hmm. may he rest, and like, mm-hmm. I, I would really, really laugh listening to his stuff. But that yeah. wouldn't be my like. I want to feel good. I'm going to put on Norm's album. <laughs> I'd be like, I want to feel good. I want to put on Little Shop of Horrors.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And so that kind of was like a no-brainer for me that I was like, I need to go do theater.
0: Oh, it's beautiful. And then yeah. theater
1: kind of ran its course for me. And I was like, I don't... And I lost the passion and the love for that. Mm. And while I was doing theater, I was always making videos, always writing like sketch mm-hmm. videos. Mm-hmm. And um, then I got into like the UCB improv scene in New York. Mm-hmm. and I loved that. Mm-hmm. And then when I moved to LA, a manager was like, um, you need to be doing stand-up. Like a big mm. time, like one of like the big uh management companies out here like I was very lucky to have a meeting with them and she was like didn't sign me but was like I'm gonna keep on you and she does still in fairness she does still keep in contact with me and she's been like a wonderful supporter of mine which is so you know I I respect that so much that she's like you know she didn't say no I'm not gonna sign you she just was like I want you to keep doing stand-up and like keep on my radar and I'll keep on your radar
0: that's still big that's still
1: a lot and the fact that she like believed enough in me to be like, I'm a huge comedy person mm-hmm. that manages huge comedy people. And I think yeah. you should go do this was, I was like, okay. And then yeah. I started doing stand-up when I was like 30.
0: And she was like kind of recalling your love for the, I mean, that was kind of like your original love. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Four years old, 15 years old, 19 years old. Like, it's like, it's like, and, 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 uh, you had this break from it because of a terrible incident, but she gave you this push. The universe gave you a push to come back to your love, reconquer your, your anxiety about it and go and do it because, you know, you're a naturally funny guy. And I love how you were sort of navigating these uh, entertainment sectors just based on like what felt really good to you. That's what I love about this story you just told me is like, you know, it was standard that made you feel good. But then, you know, like after that incident, you got you were more drawn to theater and that was like fun and made you feel good. And like you always let this good feeling be your navigational guide. And I think that's amazing.
1: Thanks. Yeah, I think success wise, it's been really bad.
0: <laughs> really <laughs> detrimental. <laughs> it's sort of
1: like jack of all trades, master of none, you know, like... Wow. Like, if I really want to be a great stand-up, I need to get out there more, especially Hmm. now that we're getting, there's more shows happening now that the pandemic's dwindling a little bit. But like, yeah, I think like personally and creatively, I have like creative ADHD and Hmm. I get really excited about different things and I want to follow what's exciting to me. So I think personally, like I'll look back on my life on my deathbed and be like, damn, yeah, I really got to do a lot of different things. And that's really cool
0: it is yeah. and ultimately like it, they get they get segmented into different things but they're actually the same are they not
1: no yeah you're right you're right
0: yeah
1: they really are yeah. and like steve martin's book his book "Born standing up he like talked a little such bit a about it which book. i thought was it's such a good book yeah. and there was like a section in there that was like you know, I used to beat myself up about trying to be a magician for several years, yeah, yeah. but then like I did magic in the Three Musketeers movie, and I realized like, oh, everything I've ever everything. done everything. is helpful. Yes. It, anything you're learning about any, like even tennis, like who mm-hmm. fucking like, yes, I'm doing it for the joy, and you're doing it for the joy. Mm-hmm. But, like, who mm-hmm. knows if somebody's gonna approach us with an audition for a movie where they need people who actually know <laughs> yeah, how to play?
0: It's gonna be called U.S. Open, and it's gonna start you and me, and right? You. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, I'll be playing Layla Fernandez. You'll be playing, I don't know, some dude and... Serena Williams. It'll be Serena really Williams. problematic.
1: <laughs> and it'll be really problematic. And I'll be like, I don't I don't think I can take this role. I think this would be fucked up. But people will be like, It's they're gonna pay ten million dollars for we you. We have to, have to play do Serena. it.
0: We gotta do it. Are you kidding? Oh my god, that's so that good. Would that would be a real
1: dilemma. That'll be a real dilemma.
0: You'd be a great Serena. thank you
1: so much have you ever seen the uh speaking of adhd have you ever (laughs) seen her um architectural digest video about her house no 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 oh i want to see her house some of the i watch a lot of those videos because i think houses are fun and a lot of those houses are like naomi campbell has like probably the best one she takes (laughs) you to her house in kenya and it is It's, like, acres upon acres of house, of, like, pools. There's, like, several pools. A lot of those rich people have, like, really amazing houses. And Serena Williams' house is one of the most insane houses I've ever seen. It makes literally no sense. Instead of a living room, her foyer is an art gallery with, like, the dumbest looking art you've ever seen. She takes you into her trophy room and she's like, these are all my master wins. And then I don't keep any second place wins in here because – fuck that basically fuck
0: that shit yeah good for serena you know, I know. It, this is okay I, I was lucky enough to go and see the u.s open this year and oh. I, had a, I had a fucking blast yeah yeah i went i went to new york a few weeks ago solely to go and see u.s open yeah i did a couple wow. shows but i went there mo- mainly to see uh tennis uh watch tennis okay while i was like on the seven train going to u.s open i just i was just like i was just curious i was like who has the most number of grand slams I didn't say what gender i said who right yeah and roger federer comes up Hmm. but he has 21. serena williams has 23. okay so i was like why did google only show me roger federer and leave out the women's like i was just i was like I, i asked who has the most number of grand slams in the world who as a person and it should have been serena williams but fucking Google was, you know, sexist in that Google's moment. Google's
1: and... racist, sexist <laughs> ass. It's the system. Like you're saying, it's the parks charging us the money. It's the racist and sexist system in here. <laughs>
0: what is it going to stop? What is it going to That end? is fucked up. But now we're here to declare the truth. Serena Williams ha- is the is the person with the most number of Grand Slam titles in the world. It's, Hell not, yeah. it's not Roger. All right. It's all right. Serena. It's Serena. Don't get it, don't get it all twisted. the way. Don't get it fucking twisted. Okay. I'm gonna ask you some flashcard questions um based on a Netflix Korean drama called lara And uh you just answer it based on what you would do in that moment if you were this person. Okay. Okay. Um so let's say you're a man in his seventies, you're a retired postal worker, okay? You have three children. You have Mm -hmm. a son who works as a banker, a daughter who is married to a local politician, and another son, the youngest, who used to be a surgeon, but he recently quit his job. It's your birthday, and everyone's Mm -hmm. gathered at the table to celebrate your birthday, but your three children start fighting and screaming at the table over money. What do you do?
1: (laughs) I laugh like this. I go, (laughs) (laughs) typical typical you selfish selfish little shits i gave up everything for you so that you could have a beautiful life the three of you have incredible access to politics to banks to hospitals but you gave that up didn't you why because you? Cause why so you go become a clown slash florist please Get a grip. Stop fighting. Take this up in therapy. And realize that I used to have to walk 10 miles in the snow with tennis rackets on my feet instead of shoes. Because that's how my generation had to deal with the – ever heard of the Great Depression? Oh, you have depression? We had a Great Depression. So get a fucking grip. Order your S-car Go. And your spaghetti with meatballs because, yes, yeah, spaghetti with meatballs because to me, you'll always be little fucking kids. Little pukes. Now give me my presents. And <laughs> shut the fuck up. That's what I would say.
0: Oh, my God. You should play the father in succession. Like, I don't know why. Like, yeah. Do
1: you watch that show?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: Yeah. so i have to watch it
0: i guess i've watched is, the first
1: episode and it was so white and straight and boring
0: it is but it is so funny i'm telling you okay it is like it's epic comedy you have to watch it as epic comedy then okay. it's fucking amusing as hell um okay i love that answer but yeah you would make an amazing logan roy just saying okay um <laughs> yeah. all right so you're you're the same old man okay okay yeah. you're you're walking by a dance studio And you see a young man in his 20s, this really like fit, beautiful young man performing ballet. And you've never seen anything so beautiful in your life. And the young man sees you looking at him and he gives you the stink eye. What do you do?
1: I open the door (laughs) and I say, it's a weird way to look at somebody that you're trying to fuck. (laughs) And then I pull my dick out and I say, into it? into it that's
0: what i do okay so you essentially me too this young man absolutely i'm 70. (laughs) it's it's kind of my whole thing anything goes yeah yeah yeah. yeah.
1: it's oh my god i'm very problematic but everyone in their 70s is
0: Good, good, good. All right. All right. All right. So let's say you're the young man now. Okay. You're that young man that this old man was eyeing. You're a young man in his early 20s. Your name is Chirok. Your mother is dead. Your father is in prison for practicing corporal punishment while being a soccer coach. And you live by yourself. You work a bunch of part-time jobs. And you train as a serious ballerino. Like, that is your thing. And you're very talented. All right. Your ballet coach tells you that you need to start teaching ballet to this old man in his seventies, Mr. Shim. What do you do?
1: Hmm. I say, Mr. Shim, <laughs> let me see what you got. Put on the wagon <laughs> wheel of what to see? A five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> and I just check out what, what I'm working with initially. And if I think I can mold him into being an old man star, Uh huh. then i go for it i say yes let me do this wow if if i don't think he has what it takes yeah i take a long cigarette i light (laughs) it i say you only have a few years left on this earth don't waste it here in the studio with me get another hobby and then i drop into the splits
0: (laughs) okay all right so you're you're like a a devil wears prada kind of person you know what's crazy is that's Pretty much exactly what chidok does in the show. He just minus the cigarette part, but <laughs> yeah, he basically tells the old man like, "If you can do this one move, then I will train you. But if you can't, shut go fuck up." Off. That's exactly what that is. What happens. That
1: is like kind of storytelling one on one. I guess it's very much like <laughs> let's see what we're working with, and let's up the stakes by being like, "You have one." It's like Julia Styles and Save the Last Dance. Yes,
0: she's yeah. got to nail that dance. Got to do it. Yeah, you know, in that, in that dance when she's doing the dance right like at the in the end it's like the big finale right okay tell me were you weirded out when she was pointing her fingers Absolutely. in the dance
1: Absolutely. <laughs> thank you, thank the you. whole dance is like truly some of the worst she has a dance body double but every time they cut to her it's like so shocking bad. it's so shocking so bad. it's some of the worst dancing you'll ever see I was Um, like, how did she,
0: how did they put this in the final cut? It was astounding.
1: (laughs) And the whole thing is that she's like good at hip hop. It's so, so funny
0: oh my god
1: it's oh so god. bad
0: so bad oh thank god thank you for um uh, confirming that because it just haunted me for years like years i'm, years I'm years. Th-
1: envisioning it in my head right now and it's oh really i was like stop pointing
0: your fingers julia <laughs> like it was too much i couldn't take it couldn't she sits
1: down it. in the chair like this <laughs> and her hands are oh. like oh, creepy witch hands i
0: know like, oh, oh. If mm. she wore boxing gloves, it would have been cooler. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been this like experimental Ooh. thing. It would have been Ooh. cool. Ooh. Yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I want to be her manager just so I could tell her, like, you know, you should wear boxing gloves in every single role you ever take on from here on out, like till the daytime. <laughs> like that's your gimmick. Oh, that's your <laughs>
1: <thing>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's your thing, okay. Oh. Awesome, awesome, I'm loving these answers. Okay, are you still okay on time? Yeah, I'm good. Okay, all right, so you're the old man, Mr. Shim again, okay? You love ballet, all right, you love it. Like, when you were a little boy, you wanted to become a ballerino, you actually that was actually your dream and you saw people dancing in the stand studio and you were so moved by by their dance but your father saw you looking at it and he beat the shit out of you and he told you if you ever set eyes on that kind of thing again you'll fucking fuck your shit up okay and now now you're older and you're about to die any day and you're finally pursuing your dreams and learning ballet and your wife and three children find out what you're doing and they beg you to stop because they think it's so fucking weird. What do you do?
1: I do stop. I give it up for my wife and my child and the crippling sadness from having to give up something so beautiful forces me into a life of sex addiction and I start going <laughs> to prostitutes and male male prostitutes and asking them to speak to me like they're my father and i jerk off while they hit me with a bunch of rulers and say ballet is stupid and then they do the they do, they do the speech from sister act two that the mom does when she comes into lord hill and she's like but but they change the words to ballet so they say with every flack, they say ballet will never put food on the table oh no is singing wait what is it singing is not Oh, shit! Oh man, singing, I really you singing know it, right? Does right?
0: not put food on the table that is, and they're singing, singing is no
1: guarantee. <laughs> dancing does not put food on the table. Dancing is no guarantee to a future. Dancing. Oh shit!
0: You're a gonna third? end up on the streets like your father, uh, singing his shouldas, shoulda, shoulda, coulda, wouldas, and, and it was like a very elegant Ooh, and it's really very heart wrenching really speech. Yeah, <laughs> so I love Sister too. Act. Oh my god! Oh so my god! Bad. So good. So good. Uh, you know what I noticed? This is just a theory I have. I think School of Rock is a remake of Sister Act.
1: Whoa! It totally yeah. is. It totally Whoa. is. Yeah. It totally is.
0: Just whitewashed and with children that's all that's the only difference yeah you're so right but they're in private schools you know like fish a person out of water impersonating yeah. something that he and she like, they are not
1: you know it's like not just something literally the exact same thing
0: <laughs> it's, it's, it's identical it's <laughs> the yeah. same thing and and what i also noticed is like sister act is kind of uh an emulation of um sound of music whoa yeah Okay, blowing mm. my
1: mind. You're so
0: right. You're so <laughs> okay. right. All right, all right. I'm I'm loving these answers. Okay. All right, all right. So, you're the, you're the old man again, Mr. Shim, okay? Your wife sits you down and she says she feels shame for having raised her children in such a poor environment, and she doesn't want you to do anything that might embarrass your kids. So, you tell your wife what you said. You, you tell your wife that you'll quit ballet. All right. Mm-hmm. But one day, your oldest son, Sung San, he comes to your house and he catches you wearing your ballet tights and he flips the shit. <laughs> he flips out and he tells, you, he starts screaming at you. He's like, he's telling you how much he hated having to worry about the family's finances since he was a little boy and how ashamed he is of you for having such a weird ass hobby. And he shames you for having been such a poor man all your life and shames you for taking on ballet. What do you do?
1: I laugh again in his face. I go, you think you can talk to me like that? You think you've had a hard life? Do you hear that? Oh, baby, that's the wambulance coming. Oh, you're so sad. You've had such a hard life. Oh, you grew up poor? My dad used to beat me about ballet. Try being a straight guy that wants to do ballet. Oh, you don't have any money. Everybody doesn't have money. Only the one percent are rich. Give me a fucking break. Get out of my face. Get out of my face. And you're not know get out of my house. You're kicked out.
0: And that's <laughs> what I would say. Forever. All right. Goodbye, good. Friend. Yeah. Fucking ingrate. Right. Ugh. All ingrate. right. Mm, children. What the
1: fuck? Children. Is wrong? children. Fucking children kids. Play parents bad.
0: for everything. They suck. Get a
1: grip. <laughs> Go to therapy. Get a grip. Literally.
0: Okay, 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 okay. We have three more. We, I, I'm i loving your answers, though. Okay. You're Cherok again. You're the young man. You have a very important audition coming up. It is, like, a huge deal, okay? If you land this gig, it changes your career. It changes your life, all right? But you have a, a bully named Hobam, okay? That bully pushes you down a flight of stairs and you injure your ankle. Your audition is in one week. What do you do?
1: I stay home. I cry. I feel through the pain. I don't turn to opioids or anything. Mm. I like I don't try to numb the pain. Yeah. And then I start jerking off thinking about the bully <laughs> pushing me down the stairs.
0: <laughs>
1: and I I become a cam girl and I make a lot of money from that. And I, I don't need ballet anymore.
0: Good good oh my god i love they have an answer for everything like mm-hmm. why why is anybody ever worried about anything when tim murray has all the fucking answers hello call me
1: up call me up <laughs> call tim i'll help you i'll tell tim you Tim will to do. help
0: you tim will fucking help you turn off oprah <laughs> tim has the answers. for the love of god save your money on therapy call tim okay good <laughs> awesome all right so you're you're chadok again you're that young man your student mr shim who was passionate about ballet All right, he is showing, uh oh, he's showing signs of dementia. All right, you find out that he has full blown Alzheimer's disease. Okay, Mm -hmm. but Mr. Shim doesn't want to tell anyone in his family about it because he's just not ready to break the news. Meanwhile, Mr. Shim keeps getting lost in the streets. (laughs) What do you do? I sit
1: Mr. (laughs) Shim down. I say, Babe, we're gonna watch something that's gonna help you. I put in a DVD of Deep Blue Sea. (laughs) The Samuel L. Jackson (laughs) movie about how they're studying sharks to cure Alzheimer's. (laughs) Sharks brains apparently in this movie have the cure to Alzheimer's. And I say, this is what's going to help you. Um, We need to get out to sea with LL Cool J and Samuel L. Jackson (laughs) immediately. And we need to start studying sharks and all your problems will be solved. That's it, really.
0: Oh my god, that's so good. Do you remember the end of that film? The, the, the female protagonist who we've been following the whole time, like she like cuts her hand and uses herself oh, as yeah. bait to save the- I was just like, what? Oh yeah, and like, she I,
1: dies, right? She
0: dies! She ends up die- like a shark comes and like, fucking eats her and it's, it, it's over. And I was like, we were invested in her. We were following her the whole movie and what, you're gonna just fucking kill this bitch?
1: That was fucked. That movie is fucked up.
0: It's uh, so good though. I mean it's I was so good. Fully. I would rewatch that
1: right now. <laughs> in a that movie is so Samuel Jackson giving that speech and then the that shark
0: monologue just... About the ice.
1: One of the best moments ever in a movie. That is like really. I was remember watching that as a kid and be like my jaw was on the floor. <laughs> I could not believe it. <laughs>
0: Oh, my God. We need to have you back on. Uh, we have to talk more about movies because it's just like not. Let's do a whole a- episode on Deep Blue Sea. Just Deep Blue Sea only. We just <laughs> textual textual analysis of Deep Blue Sea. Okay. 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 Yes. All right. Final final question. These are great. All right. Final question. You're Cheroko again. You're the young man. Your father, who was in prison for a few years because he was beating up his uh, soccer students when he was a coach, uh, he finally gets out. <laughs> Okay, so you go to the prison to greet him on the day of his release. But when you get there, the guards tell you that your father already left hours ago. What do you do?
1: I say, (laughs) is it before 11 a.m.? Because I'm going to get myself a McDonald's breakfast. (laughs) Fuck this. (laughs) Fuck (laughs) this. I'm going to turn this day around. I'm going to make this good for myself. I get a McDonald's breakfast. I call up a friend. We go play around at tennis. <laughs> tennis is great. I go home. Yeah. I get the prostitute to come back over <laughs> and say, but this time instead of beating me and saying mean things, I just um, ask them to get closer to me. And then every time they get close to me, they run away like my dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's it, really. Very good. Very good. Yeah. Thank you you should have. <laughs> You should have uh written and starred in this show. Yeah, seriously. It's a, it's a much better show. <laughs> what <are they> thinking? <laughs> what is Netflix thinking? Fucking hiring a bunch of Koreans to write and feature and star in this. Is, no, it should have been Tim. Yeah.
1: Hire a white man <laughs> for once. <laughs> Netflix for once.
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you, Tim. <laughs> Thanks, Chris.